following message is by a guest speaker of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found online at www.emmanuelcommunity.org. Today we're having a special word that comes from the book of Isaiah from uh, Pastor Stan, Lee, uh, Stan Yi, and so we're really grateful for him. He is a pastoral intern at Harvest Community Church, our sister church. Uh, And he graduated from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School back in 2005. He attended University of Illinois, where he was saved as a college student. And he also served for three years at True Light Lutheran Church in Streamwood as an English pastor there. And currently, uh, as he is also interning at Harvest, he is working in IT at uh, Walgreen, and he's been in that position for about 10 years now. And so uh, Stan was part of our School of Thrive School of Ministry, church leadership track, and so was really thankful to be able to um, get to know him through that program. And he's uh, newly wed, I think we could still say. He's been married about five months to Faye. And Faye, if you could just wave your hand, and his wife is back there as well, and so she's there. And so I'm sure he still has a bit of that honeymoon glow that will radiate to us as he preaches God's Word. So let's welcome Stan as he shares God's Word with us. Thank you. Good morning. Um, It's my privilege just to share God's Word with you this morning. Um, I know some of you kind of way back from U of I and even uh, some of you from IBC. So it's it's kind of it's cool. Uh, It's first time worshiping with you guys. So I Love this uh, the new building and being in a sanctuary is, is really nice. Uh, so I'm sharing from Isaiah 55, uh, 1 through 3, and uh, let me read that for us. This is Isaiah chapter 55, 1 through 3. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can turn with me there, or it's on the screen as well. So it reads, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Let's pray. God, we just uh, just ask that you would be here now as we uh, just explore and, and study your word together. I pray, God, that you would speak to us, um, that you would help us to know that, that true satisfaction is just found in you, um, a rich and living relationship with you. So, Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for this morning that we can worship together. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. So I'd like to begin this morning with a a question. Are you satisfied with your life right now? Are you satisfied with your life right now? I'd like to start with this question because how we answer that question kind of affects how we hear this passage. You know, if we are pretty satisfied, right, you know, I'm recently married, you know, I'm pretty satisfied (laughs) with everything right now, you know, it, it you know, it, the passage might be kind of interesting, but it, um, it might not really speak to us. But if your answer is no, you know, if your answer is no, 
I believe God has something that he wants to say to you this morning. You see, satisfaction is an interesting thing. We all desire it, and we all try to find the most of it in all that we do. You know, we all have jobs, right? And, or a lot of us have jobs. And I think, you know, at some point, most of us were pretty dissatisfied at one point with our jobs. You know, that's why, like, websites like LinkedIn are so popular, right? It, it kind of sells us the idea that there's always this new and exciting job out there as, as long as you go to their site and see what everyone else is doing, right? And so, you know, even as uh, Dr. Steve mentioned, I, I work in IT, and I've been working for the past 10 years. And, you know, I, I could honestly say that in, in this sense, my job, I'm not really, not really satisfied right now. There's a lot of office politics going on, and, um, you know, we have deadlines that are unrealistic. I know some of you that might work in IT might relate, <laughs> always trying to do a year's work in half a year's time. You know, and I've been thinking about looking for a, a new job, even as trying to discern what God's calling is uh, right now. And I, and I keep coming back to this thought. Is there really something really better out there? Will I really find something that's even more satisfying than what my current job is right now? And I think that's, and I, I feel like the answer to that question is, is unfortunately no. That even if I find a new job, and maybe some of you experience this yourself, you, you go to this new job and it's, it's exciting for a while and it's new, and then, but then eventually you kind of run into the same issues or you, uh, for some reason, feel this dissatisfaction that sets in and you don't know why. And I think that's a fundamental problem with trying to find satisfaction, whether it's work or at home or through something else. You know, we think that if we change our circumstances that you know, we'll, we'll find this thing that we're looking for, but we always end up looking for it again. We are never truly satisfied. The Bible talks about this phenomenon in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, He, who is God, right, has also set eternity in the human heart. God has set eternity in our heart. And there are different truths that we can take away from this verse, but I think it really kind of points to this hunger that God has placed in us, this hunger that can't really truly be ever satisfied with the temporal things of this world. And that's a really scary thought if you think about it. Right? We'll always kind of be looking for different things that we can try to find, right, again, like with work or with uh, other things, with our relationships. But we only ever won't ever be truly satisfied. You know, this, this satisfaction we look for might be there temporarily, but then might then fade away. And I was starting to think of something to share this with, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable. So <laughs> I find this so true when it comes uh, to Netflix. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but you know, I, for me, I, I really enjoy like TV and movies and things like that. And and I'll have to say that you know sometimes I watch a little bit too much of it. And I think Netflix, uh, unfortunately, has really um, figured that out about people, right? They instead of having to wait you know a week for your favorite show or you know things like that, they they give you the whole season in one go. And so you know I, you know a lot of times you know especially before I got married and now now being married I don't have as much time, but you know you can sit there. And you click on a show, and uh, you know whether it, 
it'd be one of the, like, the Walking Dead or different things like that. And you can see the whole season in one go. And, but what's really crazy is you're, you're kind of, you're, you're watching and you really want to know what's going on and you want to know and then you get to the end and then you feel the sense of, okay, like finally I'm done. But then you go and you, then you look for another show, right? And then, and then I, I don't know about you, but sometimes like before I would just sit there and I would just keep scrolling down and look at, okay, these are action flicks and sci-fi. Do I feel like sci-fi now? Maybe not. I'll look, I'll keep going down the list and eventually I'll get to the bottom of the list of all these different, there's like hundreds of different movies and shows, and I'll be like, I just don't find anything that I really want to watch right now. You know, it's, it's this, this desire, this hunger that God has placed in us. Are we always doomed to be looking for that next thing? And so I think this is where the passage comes uh, to us this morning. God is inviting us you know, for us, those who are not satisfied, to come to him and look and find that satisfaction in him. So let me read verse 1 for us again. It reads, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. God is inviting us to come to him. He's asking us, you know, all who are thirsty, all who are hungry, come to God. Find your satisfaction in him. We can only find true satisfaction in a rich and living relationship with God. We can only find true satisfaction in a rich and living relationship with God. And I think this might sound a little bit weird to some of us. We might think that our relationship with God kind of consists of going to services like this or reading our Bibles or, you know, small group or different things like that. Or maybe some of us have, you know, been on fire when we were younger, like back in college or in, you know, previous years. And now, you know, because of of all the different uh, responsibilities with our jobs and traveling or, or kids and having all these family responsibilities, we're just barely surviving. I think in both these cases, I think we are need to be reminded of what we have in God. So this, there's a C.S. Lewis quote that I think really speaks to this truth, and it just really, oh, every time I read it, just brings just such conviction. And this, the C.S. Lewis quote goes, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offering of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Infinite joy. I want us to think about that for a second. That God offers us infinite joy. And it's crazy to think about that, right? I mean, in a way, we, we pursue so many different things. And, uh, you know, even as I, I look at my condo, 
And uh, we and I I've lived there for a while, but now getting married, you know, there's a lot of things I'm like, well, this is this is pretty old, you know, my my refrigerator and my stove and these different things. And so, you know, I've been been watching like Fixer Upper <laughs> on on TV, and, and it just it shows like you could have the, all these great things, these granite countertops, the latest stoves, and things like that. And and it's easy to sometimes get caught up in it. And these things are good. Don't get me wrong, but God offers us infinite joy. And when compared to that, compared to all the things that we can find in this world, who would not want infinite joy? And so I just wanted to remind us through this passage that God is offering us that in different ways. And there are two ways, concrete ways, that God offers us true satisfaction and the joy that is found in him. So the first is found in verse 2. And verse 2 reads, Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. And this reminds us, this verse reminds us that there is a richness that we have in our relationship with God. There is a richness that we have in our relationship with God. And I, I think the best way to describe this is actually by talking about coffee. <laughs> coffee. Sounds a little weird. I know. It's <laughs> you're like, well, what does richness with God have to do with coffee? But you know, as as I was like Googling coffee and the different ways of making it, and I'm you know, I really enjoy coffee. I really do, but I get really jittery when I drink it, so I can't drink too much of it. But but when you when you read about coffee, there's just so many things that come to when you have to make it, like the, down, the different water that you have, the, the beans that you select. And, you know, nowadays there's so many different types of gourmet beans that you can get. And you, you basically run, you know, hot water, steamed water through these grounded beans, and it, it makes this really nicely brewed cup of coffee, right? And I, I, don't, I admit I don't know too much about it, but, but I think what's really interesting is that how you choose these things and the detail that you go into, you can go into so many details about coffee. And you can really brew a really good cup. But if you decide that you just, you know, want Folgers, I don't know if anyone still drinks that, or, you know, uh, this, you know other places uh, give coffee, you can, you can have that. And maybe it's not brewed as well, uh, and, you know, but, but it's still coffee. And I think this is true when it comes to our relationship with God. Right? We can, we can kind of do the different Christian things. We can, we can come to church. We can read our Bibles. We can even pray. But if we just approach it, you know, just with an attitude of, I'm just trying to get this done, or I just need to get these things done, we miss out on the richness that God has for us in these activities. Right? It's like coffee, Right? You can come to it, and you can put all your effort into making the perfect cup, or you can just go to McDonald's and grab a, a nice cup of coffee. And I'm sorry if it, you guys like McDonald's coffee. But, but really, this is the same when it comes to God and our relationship with him. And so I think even in the mundane, we can find this richness with God. We don't have to always come to a sanctuary or anything like that. And so here's a picture of my, uh, my family room. <laughs> And you can see there's a nice southern-facing window, and I have uh, this couch, and, and there's this tree. 
And the reason I'm sharing this is because, you know, there's, I think for the longest time, um, you know, I, I was, I, I'd been recently married, but I was, I was single for a long time. Um, and for some of you know, I'm, I'm relatively, uh, I'm not young anymore, I'll just say that. But, you know, in this, in this struggle with singleness, uh, there are a lot of times where I was just asking God, like, God, why, you know, why am I in this circumstance? Why, why do I feel, you know, why, is, why can't I find satisfaction in just you? Why, does, why is there this sense of loneliness, this sense of, of that needing somebody to be there uh, with? And I remember sitting on that couch, you know, looking out at that window at that tree and, and God just meeting me there in my loneliness. And it was just, it's just a, a living room couch, you know? It's, it's not anything special. You know, there's, I mean, there's a nice tree right there to, to look at. But other than that, it's nothing, anything that special. But God met me there, and that's what made it special. That God met me where I was at. And I think it's moments like those that, that renew my trust in the Lord. That, that sustain, you know, sustain me each day. You know, when I fight traffic on I-294 and it takes an hour to get to work. Or, you know, when I am at work and, you know, it's, you know there's meeting after meeting and it just feels like it's, it's, it's futile and there's no point to any of these meetings. And then it's those days like that and I come home and I can sit and I can meet with God. And he reminds me that this life is bigger than my job, bigger than my commute, bigger than even my marriage, that God has given us so much in, in the relationship that we have with him. So before I move on to the next point, I just wanted a practical suggestion about finding this richness in God. And this comes from Psalm 37.4, and it reads, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think here the psalmist is starting with delighting yourself, commanding us to delight ourselves in the Lord. I think oftentimes we're confused and think we have to start with the desires of our own heart. Right? What do I need? What do I want? And I, I've, I've definitely been there. And I, I definitely have felt like, where, where, why aren't my needs being met, God? Why, why am I still by myself? But here the psalmist is encouraging us and telling us, look, First, look at God. Delight yourself in God. And then he will give you the desires of your heart. I think it just takes that step of faith. Just a trust that if we go to God, even if our circumstances are all messed up, even if you know, we're at a terrible place, if we just go to God and trust that we can find delight in him and joy in him, then he will give us the desires of our hearts. So that's the first truth, richness in God. The second truth that I think God wants to remind us today is found in verse 3. And it reads, Give ear and come listen, and come to me, listen, that you may live. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. So this verse reminds us that we can have life, life with God in our relationship with God. More than just salvation, we can have 
life to the fullest. I think sometimes it's easy to think about, you know, our life, we compartmentalize it. And I I remember uh, Dr. Steve once shared this, that sometimes we can be practical atheists. And I think that (laughs) that phrase has stuck with me a lot. That that at different places in our lives, we, we forget that we have this life in God. You know, as we go about our day and do things and take care of our kids or run errands, like, we get into this mindset of we have to get all these things done and we forget that we have this living, full relationship with God. That we may live and live to the full. Right? And this is what John 10.10 says. It says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And there are, you know, there's just different ways, temptations that, that can cause us to, to forget about this. You know, we there's this, as we go about and as we try to build our careers or save toward a house or provide for our family, again, these are all really good things. These are good things. But then they tempt us into thinking that they are the most important things. Right? We, can, we seek a good-paying job so that we can provide for our family and then pay for a down payment on our house. But then when we, when we get there, it, it kind of falls into this sense of, well, then I need to make sure that I always ha- keep this job, right? If I lose this job, then I can't afford this house or I can't afford these payments. And we get into this mindset of certain, certain things start building up on top, of, uh, on top of other things, and pretty soon we feel stuck. We can't, you know, we can't just look for a new job because, you know, our kids are in this really nice school in this, in this neighborhood, and we don't want to move out because we don't know where that's going to be. Right? When, when these things become the most important things, then we lose that freedom that we can have in living fully for God. Only when God becomes the center of our lives, he gives us this freedom to live outside those boundaries, outside the boundaries of, of making sure our, our kids are in a good school. And don't get me wrong, that's, that's a good thing. It's good to think about those things. But God is calling us to know that he is the most important thing. And so, just to help us just even think about this, I, th- I don't know that many of you know, but there's this thing called kite surfing. <laughs> and so, I, you know, like, I don't know about most of you, but, um, you know, I, I didn't even know about this. Um, I love water sports. I, I really enjoy, I mean, I think for me, the, the perfect vacation is, is being out on the beach and, like, surfing or, or just, you know, just being in the water. Um, and my, my little sister She's just really into this. She introduced me to this. And kite surfing is, is, this, is this sport where there's this large kite. And if you could go to the, the next slide, you can see here that this kite is huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, it can be a good, um, like, you know, 15 meters, which I, I don't know what that translates into feet. But, you know, it, it's big. And, and you harness yourself to this kite. And it can actually lift you if the wind is strong. It can lift you right off the ground. And then that's what you do. You have this board, and you put your, it's like kind of a wakeboard, and you put yourself in the water, and you use this kite to kind of power you through the waves. And you can, you can even jump up 20 to 30 feet in the air. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's fun. I, I've only tried it once, and uh, I've uh, face-planted many times doing this. So it's, but, you know, seeing them, seeing them kite surf, it's amazing. And I remember um, in a family vacation I was with, I, I went and we were talking to this one guy and he was saying he was kite surfing and kind of letting us know and 
This is in the Caribbean, and this is like St. John and St. Thomas. I don't know if you guys remember, but they're pretty close. You take a ferry to get across to St. John. And he was saying he would kite surf from one island to the other. That's how much, that's how much power you can get from these kites. It's, it's crazy. And I think, you know, that this, this image of this kite powering us is the same image that God has for us, is that we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to do this life on our own. That God empowers us to live life to the full. That just like as a kite surfer, surfing on the waves and just being able to leap 20, 30 feet in the air, he's not doing that, or she's not doing that with her own power. It's coming from this kite. And I think, as we think about our own lives and why we're so dissatisfied, I think a lot of times we forget that we have this God that is there, the, the creator of the universe, and that he can lift us up and have us, you know, run on wings with eagles. And I think that's, I was just reminded of this verse in Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. You know, it reads, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will not walk and not be faint. So why are we trying to live so hard apart from God? We can fly on wings like eagles. You know, we can run and not grow weary. We can walk and not be faint. And so I wanted to just end with this. What are you willing to do to find true satisfaction in your life? What are you willing to do? I mean, we, all of us, we search for it in so many different places. We look at it from this one side to the other side. We we, you know, I have friends that have switched jobs every two years to look for that job that just, you know, is, is, gives them this, the sense of, like, I'm making a difference in the world. And again, I, I, I just want to emphasize that, you know, there's, there's some truth to that, that, that a good job is a good thing. But is it the best thing? And I would say no. That God, what we have in him, is the best thing. And so what are you going to do to find this true satisfaction in your life? That's the question that God is asking us today. Let us pray.